Whew, it is late, huh? 11.45 p.m. It's October 17, 2022. This is Post Loons. My name is Jeremy Rushing. And unfortunately, this is the season finale of Post Loons because Minnesota United fell 5-4 to four in penalty kicks after a 1-1, one to one, 120-plus minutes. Uh, it was Alan Velasco with the Panenka over the outstretched arm of Dane St. Clair. That was the nail in Minnesota United's coffin. And the Loons bow out in the MLS Cup playoffs first round once again for the second straight year and for the third time in four years. How's it going? My name is Jeremy Rushing. One last time on Post Loons this season, bringing it home. It is super late. It is a school night. I don't know how many of y'all are going to be in here, but I figured we would open up the space. We'll open up the floor. If you're watching on uh, YouTube, drop a question, comment, overall thought on either the match or the season as a whole. Um, we'll taking any and all questions and comments at this point, as that will be kind of the fuel for this season uh, finale of Post Loons. We will do like a Twitter space probably sometime later this week, uh, like a little uh, uh, post mortem Twitter space, if you will. But this is the last edition of Post Loons. This is the last time to get your questions and comments in here on the post post game stream. So if you are watching on YouTube, feel free to drop those questions and comments in. If you're watching on Twitter. You're going to have to go to YouTube if you want to get involved in the conversation. But wherever you're watching, thank you so much for tuning in so late as we are approaching the stroke of midnight central time here. But yes, 5-4, to four, the final score and penalty kicks after going 1-1 one to one, uh, for 120-plus minutes. Um, this was really a story of, uh, of a back-and-forth match. Two teams who I think were, were very evenly matched in this game. Um, I thought Minnesota United did really, for the most part, a good job of neutralizing Jesus Ferreira. He wasn't really much of a uh, factor in this one. He had a couple opportunities. He had the header in the first half that went over the bar. And then, uh, obviously, the bunny that he just somehow scuffed in the second half. That would have been the winner for Dallas. But other than that, um, he was held in check. Um, but it's you, you get the lead. You get that first goal if you're Minnesota in the 53rd minute, right? It's um, Amano Reynoso. Uh, somehow, Hongwani is able to hold up the ball just long enough for, after struggling, by the way, to keep possession pretty much all match long. John Marthaler said it best where the biggest battle going on in the match up to that point was Bangi Hongwani versus the ball because Bangi was having such a hard time maintaining possession when fed the ball in the box. But on this occasion, even though he tripped and fell over, somehow able to maintain possession to hold the ball up long enough for Reynoso to come into the picture. And uh, Dallas kind of went all in on dispossessing Longwani, and that worked in Minnesota United's favor as Reynoso was wide open, buried the left footer. And uh, that gave Minnesota United the lead, and you're feeling really good because Minnesota United, while it's almost a mandate, it's almost essential that this team scores first to give them a chance to win. Usually they do when they do score first, but just about 10 minutes later, it was, um, it was an equalizer for FC Dallas. And this, that was so long ago. I almost forget what happened. So let me go to the notes. Uh, it's, uh, off the corner. Martinez is at the near post, flicks it from the near post to the far post where quick known is waiting. Um, could have used better def- defense in this situation. I thought defensively Minnesota United was better tonight than they had been. Um, in that losing streak, 
but this is kind of a, a bit of a miscue here between DJ Taylor and Brent Coleman, how that ball gets cleanly flicked on from the near post to the back post and how Quinion is just there at the back post wide open off a set piece. A little bit of a breakdown and it cost Minnesota United big time uh, giving up the equalizer. And that is really it for regulation, right? I mean, there were a few more chances either way. Obviously, Dallas had a few. Um, they were knocking at the door the latter part of the second half and into uh, extra time as well. Um, but credit Dane St. Clair. He stood on his head tonight. Yes, he uh, tipped one over the bar instead of catching it. That led to the corner kick. That led to the first goal. But you can't blame a guy for being overly cautious. You can't blame a guy for playing it safe and not wanting to do something that's going to directly lead to a goal, right? Um, and I thought he was he was really, really good tonight. And I think a stat that, that spells that out is actually from Jeff Reuter of The Athletic tweeted this one out. Um, Dane St. Clair faced 3.35 expected goals on target. 3.35 expected goals on target. He only allowed one goal. He outperformed his expected goals on target by 2.35 goals. And that, for context, that is that is very, very significant. Um, just a really good performance that kept Minnesota United in it. Probably deserved the win tonight uh, from a goalkeeper standpoint. And from a defensive standpoint, you know, 20 interceptions, 28 clearances uh, for as inconsistent as this defense has been i thought they kind of buckled down big time in this match and performed well for the most part i thought the defensive midfield of ludden trap performed really well specifically will trap i thought he had a hell of a game aside from his pk um and robin ludd once again basically being himself the connectivity from the defending to the attacking third right there was a moment right before minnesota united actually got the goal uh, just a few minutes before that, where Robin Lud is literally carrying the ball from the defensive third into the attacking third. And the Loons spring a counter due to that. And he finds Bongi, and that was one of those issues where Bongi just could not keep possession of the ball, and the, that counterattack sort of fizzled out. But, I mean, that in a nutshell is what, what Lud has brought to this team from that defensive midfield standpoint. And I thought he was good there again tonight. He was actually, according to Foot Mob, the highest-rated player. Uh, for Minnesota United with an 8.0 rating. So um, I thought, again, defensively and, and, and Dane St. Clair um, specifically were all really good. Unfortunately, you just could not find that second goal in regulation if you're Minnesota. Dallas is a good defensive team in their own right. And I think that's more to do with Dallas's defense than any, any lack of quality in the attack for Minnesota. Although I do think um, there needs to be an investigation into what the heck happened to Luis Maria down the stretch. Because he had such a good July, such a good August, was such a focal point in that 11-match stretch where Minnesota United had the best, had the most points in the league during that stretch. Luis Samaria stepped up big in that stretch to help make that happen. And then once, and he thought he had figured it out. And then down the stretch, he just sort of disappears again. And I think when you look at the reasoning, you know, what what was the difference between that good Minnesota United team uh, in July and August and sort of that struggling team that we saw in May and September? It 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 has to do with that support around Reynoso. 
I thought in July and August, you know, not only did Bongi Klangwane really start to find his form, I thought guys like Franco Fragapani and Luis Samaria really stepped up their game and took the pressure off Reynoso and opened things up for Reynoso. But down the stretch and even in this match, both those guys were, were really ineffective for my money. I, I don't really think Fragapani, he was energetic. He was pushing the pace. He was using his speed, but kind of like Longwane on the other side, wasn't able to keep possession of the ball very much and really do anything with that. Um, Luis Samaria, nowhere to be found. And that that's that's the difference. When, you, when your striker just disappears, it is tough to win games. And I think we know that as Minnesota United uh, supporters and fans and followers at this point, when your striker disappears, it's tough to win games. And uh, there need, you know, we need to send a search party for Luis Samaria because uh, he definitely disappeared down the stretch. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity to shout out one of the uh, sponsors who's really helped make this possible on post loons all season long. Cannot thank them enough. We're going to start off with Pence Holmes. P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com, Nate Pence and the team at Pence Homes. Um, they they have the team and the technology. They know this market. They know the St. Paul and Minneapolis area. They can help you sell your home for top dollar, buy a new home at a rate that's not going to break your bank, that stays within your budget. That can be such a stressful process, but Nate and his team are there to help take that stress off of you. Um, buying, selling, both, doesn't matter. Nate and his team can help, and they're also huge supporters of the Minnesota soccer community as well, um, sponsoring Minneapolis City, Minnesota Aurora. Nate is a huge Minnesota United fan, so heavily ingrained in the Twin Cities soccer ecosystem, but also very, very good at uh, what they do, and that's helping people buy and sell homes and making them very, very happy as a result. So all you got to do, don't take my word for it. Go to PenceHomes.com. You can see the uh, the URL right there. And just read their hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of five-star reviews. I mean, th- there is a reason why they are so highly rated and so respected in the community, not just for the work they do in the soccer community, but also for the work they do um, in the realty world. Because uh, they 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 do a good job. They're consistent. And they, they really help make it as relaxed as humanly possible, that process. So go hit up Nate. Go hit up his team. Pencehomes.com. You can email Nate directly as well. Nate in A T E. You can see his name there at Pencehomes.com. Huge thanks to Pence Holmes and Nate, too, personally, uh, for helping us out here with uh post loons and the Soda Soccer Minnesota United post game show. Um, we are approaching the stroke of midnight here, guys. Um penalty shootouts. They are a crapshoot. But when you have a goalkeeper like Dane St. Clair, who has saved four of the seven penalties he has faced (laughs) in MLS, uh, you feel pretty good about your chances. But that didn't go that way tonight, did it? Uh, Unable to stop any of Dallas's penalties, although... To Dallas's credit, they have some damn good PK takers. They have some damn good snipers on that team. Um, the first one was a Panenka that was very poorly executed, actually, and Dane actually got a foot to, but was just unable to do anything with it. Didn't had, had was already diving. Uh, the foot he got to it, there wasn't enough oomph there to keep the ball from going across the line. And then after that. Dallas went to Dane's right every single time up until the last taker. So 
Penalty kicks two, three, and four. All to Dane's right. He dives to his left. Each one of those. And then the last one, he actually dove to his left again. uh, But it was the Panenka from Velasco that did Minnesota United in. And that's that's where you leave it. And now we now we look ahead to the offseason. And now we sort of uh take a step back and say, you know, four straight playoff appearances is great. But uh bowing out in the first round of the playoffs, three of the last four years, not so much. I get that this organization values playoff appearances, as they should. Making the playoffs is not easy. Ask Portland and Seattle. <laughs> they didn't make the playoffs this year. Minnesota United are the only active Western Conference team to make the playoffs four straight years actively, right? There's a reason why it's so difficult, and it is something to value, and it is something to t- take a look at what Minnesota United is doing and say, you know, they're, this is this is a really, really, there's a lot of potential here, and they are quickly becoming one of the those uh, Western Conference, I wouldn't say elites, but one of those household names in the Western Conference. But it's also nice to do something once you get in the playoffs, right? It's one thing to make the playoffs and to go further. And I think that should be the ultimate goal, right? That should be the goal for every MLS team is to win MLS Cup and put yourself in the best position possible to win MLS Cup. I think Minnesota United has had the roster this season to do that. Obviously, Dotson and Metonier's injuries, um, Debassi's injury at the end of the season, maybe through the monkey wrench in there. And maybe you could chalk those injuries up as to why Minnesota United was unable to unable to advance any further than they did. Uh, but I also think there was a lot of attacking talent on this team that did not have season-ending injuries. Franco Fragapani. Emmanuel Reynoso, Robin Ludd, Luis Samaria. You bring in Mender Garcia, another DP striker. You have two DP strikers on this team. Goal scoring should not be an issue. And it has been. And you saw it tonight. Finding that second goal was an issue for Minnesota United. And that was the difference between, ended up being the difference between winning and losing. Because uh, you fell short in PKs. So you look ahead to what this team might need moving forward. I think uh, there's a lot of interesting potential in what AZ Jackson could bring to this team from him in UFC 2. Uh, he presumably will be on the first team roster next season. Uh, I think they're, um, you know, Minnesota United, traditionally, there's been a couple of uh, what we call quote-unquote oopsie transfers over there in the 10,000 Pitches podcast. But I think for the most part, Minnesota United has done a really good job scouting guys who are going to be good fits on this team. So we'll see what they decide to bring in. You need a young center back is what you need. A young center back. We've been saying this for two years. It bit you in the butt this year, not having one available, uh, not having one ready to go with the, with the boss's injury. Um, you need a young center back. I think you still need unless you really want to go all in on Jonathan Gonzalez as your number six of the future, which if you want to, and you want to go down the road and you want to commit to that, that's fine. Obviously we'll see the results of that when they come, but at least in that sense, you're picking a lane and you're committing to something and someone there. 
And I think there is a lot of potential with Jonathan Gonzalez. However, if you don't think that's that's the move, and you don't think maybe he's a long-term fit with this club, then I think a number six, a bulldog number six, is another thing at the top of the wish list. And you might be thinking, Jeremy, those are not goal-scoring positions. This team is not getting goals. We need another striker. We need another winger. We need another whatever attacker in some way, shape, or form. I understand that thinking. But we've gone to the DP striker well so many times that I think you'd be better served building other positions to take the pressure off the attack. Like the back line. Like the defensive midfield. I think those are two sections of the pitch where you could really use an improvement. And I think if you improve those, I think you will see the results come. And I think you've got to put yourself in a position specifically with Mender Garcia where you have to see where this guy goes. I don't know if you can really bring in another DP striker in the offseason considering you already have two. And furthermore, if you bring in another defensive midfielder, guess who you can move back into the attack? Oh, the club's all-time leading goal scorer. <laughs> Moving Robin Wood back to, into the attack would be huge for this team. No offense to Bongi Longwani. I thought he came along really, really well this season. And it's unfortunate he got injured when he did because I think he could have been a good contributor to this team down the stretch. However, I think this team would be best with kind of a revitalized defensive midfield and Robin Wood at the right wing. That's where I think this Minnesota United team is best. So I said this in the summer transfer window, and I'm going to say it again as we head into the offseason. You need to get a young stud center back and a bulldog number six. Now, again, if you're just tuning in, I would be okay with Adrian Heath and co committing to Jonathan Gonzalez as that number six for the future if they think he's the guy. If there's, if from what they've seen in training, in their, obviously, their evaluation of him before bringing him in and what they feel about him moving forward of this team. If they think, okay, this is our guy, this is our number six of the future, do not mess around, go down that path and see if it works. But that's only if you feel that way about him. I want to see them commit to that number six position specifically, whether it's with Jonah or whether it is with somebody new that they're bringing in. That position specifically, I just feel is so important to the way Adrian Heath operates and the way this Minnesota United, the the way tactically this team is structured. And you haven't had that really solidified in the post-Ozzy Alonzo era. So I, I think that's something you need to consider, and I think that's something you need to look to and say, okay, this is where we need to get better. Center back, defensive midfield, make it happen. All right, we're going to get out of here in just a minute, but first want to shout out our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. They had another Minnesota United watch party tonight over there for the playoff match. It uh, looked like a good turnout from the pictures I saw. Obviously, I wasn't able to get out there because I was watching the game here. Uh, but, I mean, they had dollar off pizza. They had dollar off beers, a dollar off any drink. Actually, it didn't even have to be beer. It didn't even have to be alcoholic. Dollar off all their drinks. And they have a wide variety of drinks over at Ninth Street. Um, I went there a few weeks ago and I had already had a pot of coffee in the morning. So, um, I was just stopping in to see Derek, stopping in to, you know, hang out, maybe watch some champions league. 
I did not want coffee and I was working, so I didn't really want to drink a, drink a beer. Uh, they had this like hydrating tea. It was cold, but it was really good and it hit the spot. So again, whatever your need is, if you want to go there and have a beer, have a beer. That's awesome. If you want to go there and get your coffee, pick me up, get your coffee, pick me up. But even if you're not in one, you don't fall in one of those camps, there's a drink for you over at Ninth Street in their great coffee shop area. Uh, there's soccer on the TVs all the time. And if you want to play soccer, guess what? They have affordable pickup going on pretty much every night of the week. And uh, being that we're heading into the winter and it's already getting really freaking cold outside, um, play in a, a temperature-controlled environment, Yeah. Over at 9th Street, that might be an ideal scenario. So whether you play soccer, you want to watch soccer, or you just want to be in a soccer environment, 9th Street Soccer and Coffee is the place for you. 801 South 9th Street in Minneapolis. You can hit them up online, 9thStreetMPLS.com. We are past the stroke of midnight, 12.06 a.m. on Tuesday, October 18th. And again, we are going to do kind of a more in-depth Minnesota United postmortem uh, later this week on Twitter Spaces, so be checking that out. We will pre-promote it over on the Soda Soccer Twitter. Um, you know, we're going to get all the guys uh, kind of corralled on Twitter Spaces, and we're going to talk about this Minnesota United season. We're going to talk about what went well, obviously what didn't go well, and what we want to see heading into the off season. So that'll be coming up probably later this week. So uh, again, just stay tuned in. We'll pick a night that works. And uh, we'll make that happen. So if you're kind of looking for more of a, a, a wide-angled view, a zoomed-out view of this season and what needs to happen moving forward, that will be your chance to do it. Uh, just follow us on Twitter, at SodaSOC. Another season of Post Loons in the books. Thank you guys so much for your viewership and for tuning in. It was a weird season where we had to do day-after Post Loons sometimes. And um, obviously, uh, a few of these are going super-duper late. So... Uh, for those of you that stuck with us this season, man, we, we really appreciate it um, and really thankful for all the support and the interaction and the viewership and the engagement. Cannot be more uh, grateful for all of that. So thank you to everybody. I appreciate it. It's unfortunate that Minnesota United season has come to an end uh, here in the first round, but it was an entertaining season nonetheless, and we'll be back with off-season content at Soda Soccer. So make sure you're following us again at Soda SOC on Twitter or head to SOTASoccer.com for all your Minnesota United coverage. Till then, have a good one, guys. We'll see you.